This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Beam. Beam has an amazing hydration line that you need to know about. For years, I was looking for a hydration line that I loved, and I never found one that I loved as much as I love Beam. They have a balance, an energy, and a recovery blend. I'm telling you, the recovery blend is my favorite. It is so refreshing and delicious. It is a hydrating electrolyte powder formulated with non-GMO collagen peptides plus BCAA for supportive joint and muscle health. It tastes rejuvenating like fresh lemon with no sugar added and it elevates your recovery. This product does not contain CBD. Now, I will tell you about a product they have that does contain CBD as well though and that is their Dream Blend Nighttime Powder. It is a delicious take on healthy hot chocolate I take it every night before bed now. It is my nightly ritual, and I'm sleeping so good. To check out their hydration line, to check out their sleep supplement, go to beamtlc.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. Today you're listening to episode 322, and I'm talking with Nell Rojas. I am so excited to have Nell on the show. She actually is competing in the 10,000 meters for the Olympic trials, so that's really exciting. Nell is a marathon runner as well. She placed ninth at the Olympic trials in the marathon back in 2020. It seems like so long ago, yet so recent at the same time. She ran a 230.29 there. She is a champion of the Grandma's Marathon in 2019, where she ran a 228.06. And here's the deal. She debuted the marathon just a couple years ago. The Olympic Trials was only her third marathon. She debuted the marathon at CIM in 231.23 while she was training for an Ironman. And she decided, oh, wow, okay, my marathon time is good enough that I think that I'll just stick with training for marathons and running. She is also the Boulder to Boulder 10K champion from 2019, which was really cool because her dad, who used to be a professional runner as well, won that race just 40 years prior. And she grew up loving that race and always had that dream for winning that race. So then she finally did it. She tells us about that in the episode. It's a really fun story. Nell is also a gym owner. She owns Rojas Running, where she trains athletes to run and strength train. Now, she's going to be competing in the Olympic trials in the 10,000 meters. She recently grabbed that standard. She ran a 32.11 to be able to run in the trials. The standard's 32.25. She ran that at the Sound Running Track Meet. And she was coming off a year of some injuries and whatnot. So this was exciting that she was able to get that qualifying time and she's ready to go she is feeling confident and fired up and ready to get out there and compete so I'm really excited to see what she does at the trials all right friends if you are loving this podcast leave us a quick rating and review so friends that love running as well and love hearing a good story about someone's life can find the show 
When you leave ratings and reviews on podcasts, it is very helpful to the host. So if you've been enjoying the show, I would appreciate it so very much. And then if you're looking for more content from me, you can always find extra episodes over on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. Lauren Flores and I recently had a discussion about what's going on with Shelby Houlihan and all of that over there. So you can hear our thoughts on that matter over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. Okay, friends, enjoy my conversation with Nell Rojas. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Nell Rojas on the show. Welcome to the show, Nell. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. I'm excited to have you on and I don't know why I'm just now doing this. I've had you recommended several times, so I'm really excited to finally make it happen. Sweet. How's your day going? What's training look like for you in Boulder? Um, oh man, today is hot and <laughs> I had to work this morning, so I couldn't get out for my run until about, I actually just got back, so till about noon. Um, so it was a hot run, but um, I got it in. Were you doing just easy run or were you doing a workout? Um, just an easy run today. Yeah. And then I'll have to do a double um, later this evening. Okay. Are you running hard later? No. No, okay. no. I had a hard workout yesterday. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And when you, so you were working this morning, were you working at your gym? Um, no, I was working. I coach a group at the track on Wednesdays, just like an adult um, group that I coach. And then I had a strength client right after that. And then another client right after that. So yeah, just all different things. Okay, cool. Okay, well, let's start by congratulating you on your trials qualifier, the sound running event 3211. How are you feeling about that? Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm feeling, you know, it's funny. It's like, I feel like it's just come up so quickly. You know, I went through after the marathon trials, I I was like, okay, definitely going for the 10K trials. And then, you know, I've been injured for a while. I had a labral tear that like messed up my whole pelvis. And then finally, like, it was like, literally probably two and a half months ago, I finally started feeling good. And so it just like kind of came naturally where I wasn't going to do any track races. And then I was like, oh, let's just sign up for some because apparently I'm running okay. And then it just um, kind of was a natural progression. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just happy to be racing on the track. Yeah, I read about your injury, you kind of like didn't know what was going on. When did that start flaring up after the trials in 2020? Right away. I mean, it started, my pelvis was off before the trials and I didn't, you know, kind of figure out what was going on, but I kept getting like adjustments and like trying to like go to PT and do strength and stuff. But really after the trials, the first, like I took a couple weeks off and then tried to start getting back into it. And like step one, like it felt like my rectus abdominis was just like pulling Ooh. my pubic bone out of my body um <laughs> like every step and so it took a long time to figure out like why my pelvis was not working correctly um and finally we figured out it was a labral tear and then we had to first I got PRP which didn't help and then I got um a steroid shot which which like helped it basically fixed it with strength of course um but it just like cleared up the inflammation so after that I kind of just like you know, 
started running and you know i think once you run for a long time it doesn't take you that long to get back into shape so like it's like you know a month and you're like okay i'm feeling good yeah so if the hip thing was happening before the trials are you glad you didn't figure it out till after so you could have so you like didn't have to like pull from having such a stellar race at the trials oh uh, have you thought about that uh, no, I have not thought about that. <laughs> I think I like at the time, like it wasn't so uh. bad where like I wouldn't have pulled from the trials. Um, but like, I remember telling my dad, um, I was like, well, I'm having like, I can't control my right leg for some reason. And my left leg feels like it's overloading. And like, I just like, you know, when I think back, I'm like, oh yeah, I did this like a long time ago. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's talk about the trials real quick because I didn't have you on post race. I think Allie had you on, right? I think you were on Allie Feller's podcast. I think I was on Allie's pre-race. Oh, pre-race. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I do want to hear a little bit about that race. Ninth place going mm. into that race. Tell me what your feelings were like. You knew you were fit and you know, lining up with that field that was so deep and to be in the top 10 is just so impressive. Thank you. Um, my gosh, it was like really hard to know. Um, you know, I, I was like very, had very mixed emotions. I was like super excited. I was very like honored to be able to run in that group of girls. But, you know, it. I was really just focusing on like trying to, you know, believe that I belonged there and that I could compete with them. Um, because like all of those girls are experienced, you know, mm. they're girls who have been in championships before, have been in the Olympics or Olympic trials before NCAA championships before, you know? So for me, it was like more of a mind game where I was like, you know, cause I can't show up and not believe that I can make the team and make the team, you know? So it was a lot of like mental work, um, going into it. Man. So how, like, what was the mental work? Like affirmations, like how do you get your mindset there? Because clearly, you know, you debuted the marathon in 231, which is like so freaking fast of a debut. So clearly Mm -hmm. you did belong, but like, how did you talk yourself into that knowing all of their accolades? Um, well, to be honest, like, you know, at that point, I was a little bit newer at having to, I mean, that was basically the first race where I've run against those big Mm. names before. Mm -hmm. So that was like, maybe my first experience trying to, um, you know, do the mental work. Um, So honestly, like, if I were to do it again, and this is why we do it in the first place, right, I would have you know, started way earlier. I probably, you know, I started way too late. I started like, you know, you're like, oh shoot, the race is in two weeks. I better start doing self affirmations Mm. every day. And I better start like, you know, looking through my training log. Okay. Knowing that I put, I'm putting in the work, you know, doing visualization, you know, of me up there in the front feeling good. And so, you know, I could have started that way earlier, but those are some things that I did um, going into it. Do you, did that course work to your advantage? It was such a brutal course. Are you a strength runner? Do you do well on hills? Um, yeah, I do. And I, you know, I, I, I previewed the course before. I think I overdid the hills mm. going into it. So oh, honestly, like, yeah. And I'm, I am really good on rolling hills because I, um, 
I am like a stronger runner, I believe. But um, so, so it's funny, like finishing that race, hearing all the girls talk about the hills, like in my mind, I'm like, I don't even remember the hills. <laughs> like that is not even close to like my memory of the race. <laughs> so, um, so I think it did work in my advantage. Yeah. Okay. And to every listener, I know we're like totally recapping something that happened a very long time ago, (laughs) but I haven't talked to Nell yet. So I'm like super curious about the race. I was there towards the finish. So I got to see everybody coming in. And so I, to me, when I saw you, I thought, man, she's having a good day. Did you feel that way? Mm -hmm. Um, I did not have my best day. I would say I had an okay day. Um, I would say if I was like on, you know, if it was like an on day for Mm -hmm. me, I think I could have done better. And I think a lot of that for me had to do with nutrition. I did not handle my nutrition well. That was my third marathon and I hadn't learned my nutrition lesson yet. Unfortunately, like my first two marathons, um, I kind of winged it and it happened to like go, my first two marathons went like perfectly well. Mm. I negative split them. I felt good the whole time. I never had a bonking feeling. And so this marathon, you know, I, I didn't execute my gel plan and I didn't like the gels I was taking. And during the race, I had like green tea in them and it made me like puke in my mouth. Oh gosh. And I was like, I can't take those anymore. So I was like, I'm just going to rely on my, my water or there was a um, mix in my water. So I don't think I took enough fuel in. So lesson like one <laughs> is that like, that's like the most important thing when it comes to marathoning. Um, so unfortunately I had to learn it there and I just like hit a wall at mile 20. <laughs> Man, and wild, you still came in ninth place. And it's crazy, too. I I feel like people undervalue the nutrition side of things a lot. And I'm talking about totally. like everyday runners as well. So for all of you people listening, knowing that Nell got ninth at the Olympic trials and still like tinkering with the nutrition thing, I, you know, I always tell people like, talk to a dietitian. Like if you're, you know, Mm -hmm. like get it right now, because if you're going to spend 16 weeks training for something, put all this time, money, effort (laughs) into it, like get your nutrition right. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's just as important as the training itself. And and it takes like practice on those long runs mm-hmm. and you can't like wait until the last wrong, long run. You have to like start at the beginning and like tweak it and tweak it and tweak it for and see how you feel. And yeah. Okay. So what, any lessons other than nutrition, obviously, yeah. uh, takeaways <laughs> from that race? Yeah. You know, I finished and I was like, oh my gosh, I was top 10. Like I was like, really initially excited and then like as I like time went on a little bit and I had a little time to think about it I was like you know what like I didn't actually ever believe that I could make the team I mean that's a hard thing to believe Mm -hmm. when you're you know new and you know your role models are you're racing against these people who you saw when you were in high school racing in the Olympics you know but like you saw the favorites drop out and you see these underdogs making the team. And so to me, the lesson was like, no, like I absolutely could have been, if it was my day, I could have been the top three. And so next time I line up and I don't care who I'm lining up against, like I should expect to be in the top three Mm. or I should 
believe in myself enough to like be like, no, no, this is anyone's race. Um, anything could happen and actually like believe that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a hard thing to do, I'm sure. And you, you've learned mm-hmm. that now. I mean, I can't imagine lining up with Molly Huddle and all, Emily Sisson and all these mm-hmm. people who have ran these crazy times and thinking that, but like you just proved it getting ninth place on a day that wasn't your day. It's like, mm-hmm. now, yeah. you know, so right. Riding this high off of the, the trials, even though you then come to the realization, like I needed to believe in myself more. W- was it almost like a relief that races are canceled? A COVID aside, obviously we all acknowledge this is a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't race because you're hip really. So you kind of had to, you had that time to reset. Was that a little bit of a relief? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like for me, like races I was supposed to do, like the dates came and I was like, oof. and they, and I was like, well, thank goodness that the race got canceled because like, there's no way I would have been able to race, you know? Um, so I think, you know, mentally it was, it made it easier for me because they weren't happening. So yeah. And I wasn't like, I was still, I ran through basically the whole injury. It was one of those where like, you can run through it, but I, I didn't have to like push it like I would have had I had to race. And so with the trials being a year later, like last summer, would you have been able to race them? You think? No. Okay. It was right. <laughs> no. Right in the heat of yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about it this year then? Like how do you, you, you've, you've got your, what, six weeks under your belt of, of good racing and training and how do you feel now? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm, I am going to give it my all at the trials and my body feels good. I'm running faster than I've ever run. And, you know, you, you, you've been seeing this the past like week, people just like dropping like flies. Right. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. And so there, here's another, and, and you never know who's going to line up like burnt out. You never know who's going to line up half injured And so it's like, you just have to like, get to the start, focus on yourself and like, do the best you can do and like, don't write yourself out of the equation. Yeah, for sure. I know I kind of feel like with Molly, it's so sad. Molly had to drop as like, that kind of opened a spot up because she was definitely Mm -hmm. one of the ones where you're thinking, okay, if anybody's going to make the team for certain, it's Molly, even Mm -hmm. though, even though you can't really say that, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, But you know, she's clearly like a favored one to make it. But with Molly and Kira dropping, um, you were ranked 15th already. So does that put you to 13th or has more, have more dropped since then? I know a couple people who dropped. I think one was ranked before me, and I don't think she's announced it yet. Oh, okay. okay. And then I think one, the other one, she might have been ranked before me or after me. So that's like, I'm not sure. But I mean, I can guarantee you there will be like at least one more before we get right. to next week. Don't count yourself out. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, look, I'm going to be the last one standing. <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, you know, I have to give myself a chance. When I ran the 32-11, that was a rough day. That was a really rough day for me. Um, but I knew I could get there, and I knew even on a rough day I could qualify. So I was just like, get through it. Um, you know, I didn't even go with 
I was like 15th in that race. I was mm-hmm. like 14th in that race or something. It was like such a fast race mm-hmm. where like, and that was that sound. My dad slash coach was like the whole time he was watching me. He like was like, Oh my God, Nell's running terribly. Like <laughs> people were like, Oh, she's not having a good race, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because like, it was so fast. There were so many people running sub 32. And so like, it took him a little bit of, time to be like oh actually she's like under pace okay we're okay <laughs> but I think on a good day I think I can have a huge PR mm. so I'm excited that's awesome okay so mentally that didn't get that didn't get to you at all the that race yeah like you got your qualifier but like the fact that there were so many ahead of you oh it, it actually like no not at all like I was like on a bad day you know I went lactic about one lap in And I was like, okay, on a bad day, like, I'll totally take that. And on a good day, I know I can run faster. Oh, that's so good. Okay, awesome. Hey, everybody, a quick break here to thank Athletic Brewing for supporting this episode of the podcast. Athletic Brewing brews delicious craft beer that just happens to be non-alcoholic. This is high quality, flavorful, award-winning craft beer. Athletic Brewing Company stands shoulder to shoulder with any top alcoholic craft beer in quality and taste, and it only has 50 to 70 calories per can. Their brews fit any occasion. I don't know about you, but I have been trying to cut back on my alcohol consumption, and this is a great alternative. It tastes really good, and it's still really fun to hold a nice fun can in your hand and not compromise on flavor. They also give back with their two for the trails program. They donate 2% of all sales to maintaining trails and parks that are often underserved by government budget shortfalls. These spaces are center for getting outside, being active, mindful, and spending time creating memories with friends and family. So if you order two or more six packs, you will get free shipping at Athletic Brewing Company. And you all can go to athleticbrewing.com and use the discount code anotherathletic15 and that'll save you 15% off. Plus, if you get the two six packs or more, you'll get free shipping. That's athleticbrewing.com. Use the code anotherathletic15 for 15% off your order. All right, back to my conversation with Nell. Um, so what is the date? So the 5K is is this Friday, right? What? How far out are we from the trials? The 10K uh, yeah. trials? Everyone's like, should you be there? I know, this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, how are we doing this interview right now? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. No, I race on the 26th. I race next Saturday. Okay, next Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm dying to ask you. I haven't interviewed anybody doing the 10k recently I need all the thoughts on the two heats oh um (laughs) yeah I mean first of all this whole process has been a disaster tell me signing up for the race figuring out how to get tickets um figuring out like what we need to do to to like everything from the first step of the process has been a disaster. I don't even see the second heat on the, on the schedule. Whoa. You can't find it. So that's the question. And it's like, okay, I think the 200 is right after us. And it's like, well, there's not enough time to have two 10 K heats. Right. So first of all, I don't know where the the 
second heat is going to be. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> and on this, on the two heats thing, um, I mean, I think so many people have dropped out by now that it's like a smaller field. And I'm like, I just hope they make it one heat because right? it's not, I don't think it's fair. No, it doesn't. To me, yeah. it doesn't make sense because like if the second, the the race that goes second knows what the race that goes first yeah. knows the times, like you're, you have that like fire in your belly because you know that time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know, in the slow heat, you don't really get to like go out with girls you want to I don't know I mean it's like it is what it is and in sport you just have to go with it because things like this literally happen all the Mm. time I mean I used to do triathlons and it was like oh we're taking out the swim and you're like oh Oh. yeah that's one third of the race okay you know like things just like crazy things happen you know and so you just have to roll with the punches and you know like not let it affect you and be like okay I'm gonna keep focus I'm gonna do what I have to do Um, but I really hope that they put it into one heat. Yeah, me too. Because it was, they split it up with like 50 women, but Mm. I mean, I wonder what their number is that they're like, if it gets down to this, we'll go back to one. Right. I don't know like why they wouldn't, especially if it's not even in the schedule. (laughs) Well, right. And then also I'm just thinking like if you're running in the Olympic trials and you are, um, slow enough in the field that you're getting lapped. I think anybody mm-hmm. would know that they need to get out of the way <laughs> so that the yeah. leaders can come on through. I don't think that anybody would be stepping on the leader's toes that if they're getting lapped. Yeah. And it's like, you know, this is a short race and it's a hard qual, a harder qualifying time. So it's like, I, you know, like maybe some people will get lapped once, but you know, it's not like there's going to be a, like in the marathon trials, a 15 minute gap or yeah. 30 minute gap, you know? And then another thing is like sound, the sound invite, like there was 40 plus girls in my heat. And the first lap was like, um, pretty chaotic, but like, I literally ran by myself <laughs> for three quarters of the race. And it wasn't a problem. Was that hard though to run by yourself? <laughs> oh yeah. It sucks running by yourself. You're like there's 45 girls on the track and I'm by myself. What the heck? <laughs> Where were you? Cause you end up in 15th, you said, or something around there. Where were you in the majority of the race? Did you move up or did you move back? Um, I moved up. I was like, I was like in probably like dead center, I would say. And like, usually girls come back to me pretty quickly. Like I'm used to like, just like catching, catching, catching. And this time I was like, are these girls not going to come back? I was like, this is ridiculous. When are they coming back? And finally, like, (laughs) I think the last like mile and a half, like I started, I probably caught like 10 girls in Mm. the last mile um, or more, you know? So like, finally they started coming back, but it took, way too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you have really good self-control not going out too hard then. Is that a strength of yours? I'd say definitely. I'd say pacing is like, I'm patient. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, like I've been running 5Ks and my last 5K, I was like, I needed to go out with the front pack because we were running the exact same splits for the majority of the race. They just had a faster first lap and like a faster kick. But I'm like, if I had someone to run with mm-hmm. and like, do the work. Um, I need to practice going out with them and being able to like hang on. 
So I think there's like times to do that and times to not. And so like maybe, you know, a strength is pacing, but also a weakness is like knowing when I need to go out with them and taking like the chance and like maybe risk um, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I hear people even talking about that in the marathon. It's like, you know what your wheelhouse is per se, like depending on Mm -hmm. what the course is, but like there are moments I think it was Sinead Diver and Ellie Pashley, Pashley who said yeah. this, like I, they just, they knew that the leaders at the New York city marathon were going to be way faster than them, but they needed to put themselves in with the leaders to have a chance to be packed up. So that like mm-hmm. they weren't back in that no man's land. So it's like, yeah, I'm sure that's yeah. one of the most challenging decisions to make. You don't want a positive split by a bunch, but you got to put yourself in with the group sometimes. Yep. And that's like something that is like, it has to be like a game time decision, you know, like it's like a split second decision and it's always going to be a different answer, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on the race and depending on how you feel and where you are and who's around you and like your predictions. And so it's like, there's not a clear answer to any of that. So it's, that's also fun and hard. (laughs) So do you have any plan for next Saturday? (laughs) (laughs) Do I? Um, no, (laughs) I, I think like, I'll go out with the lead group. You know, it was actually really inspiring watching NCAAs um, Mm. at Hayward Field because you saw tons of amazing PRs in the distance races. And you're like, okay, you know, that guy, they just like ran really strong. And, you know, so I think I'm going to go out with the lead group and then try to make some decisions from there. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. Is this your first trials in the 10K, 10,000 meters? Oh, yeah. Okay. This is my fourth track race in about 11, 12 years. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. But I was like, I feel like I could be wrong on this, so I don't want to like boldly state it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. What? Uh, talk to me about like what you and your dad, who is your coach, are have done differently to get you sharp for this when you've been focused on the longer distances for so long. I mean, we've just like we've done a lot of speed work recently. Um, I was trying to get my 5K down to. A, a decent a decent 5k time just so that I could get my 10k time down right um so we've been working on that um a lot of speed work a lot of speed change on the track so like practicing that 10k pace with like a, a surge like a 400 meter surge practicing that 10k pace with a 400 meter kick on the end so we've been doing a lot of that but we've also been doing like my Trials is very important to me, um, but I think keeping the, my eye on the prize, which is going to be my fall marathon, is um, I have big goals for that. So we're also like mixing in a little bit of like, like my long runs are still 20 miles. Mm. Um, so I'm making sure that like come uh, 12 weeks before the fall marathon, I'm like ready to go and ready to like put quality in those long runs. Does that make, even though the race is so short and fast, you know, comparative to a marathon, still doing those longer runs like that and those longer marathon type mileage, does that make the race seem shorter? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it does. Um, And I think 
you know, there's so many ways to skin the cat, right? Right. And I think if you're like more fast twitch fiber, like those long runs might take too much out of Mm, you to work on your speed work. But I think like for someone like me, like I can do a 20 mile run and recover very easily from it. And it doesn't really take too much out of me. Um, And it absolutely like, 5Ks have never felt so short to me. I'm like, oh, you want me to race a 5K? Oh, sure. Why not? Like, no big deal, you yeah. know? <laughs> but, like, the burn of a 5K is so different than a marathon. Does that – that doesn't intimidate you? Um, It used to. Uh-huh. Um, But, like, I've gotten to this, like, really awesome point that's, like, really hard to get to, and sometimes it slips, but you're just, like – excited for it you know and you're just like yeah bring it on like I have nothing to lose and like I can't be scared of it because that doesn't make any sense you know so I've kind of like switched my attitude which is like enabled me to race more on the track instead of like shying away from it how refreshing how do you get there a one you got to be fit right (laughs) believe in your fitness but did you do anything different over the years to get to the place where you raced with, for, for lack of a better term, like that fearlessness? Um, how do I get there? Oh, my gosh. I think there's a lot of different ways to get there. But I think the main thing is just like being really mindful and realizing that like you're going to fail and like no one cares. And mm. like realizing that like it does not matter that you line up for a 5K and like you're not going to disappoint anyone. You're not going to be embarrassed. Like you got to move on, you know, like you're going to have bad races, but those like bad races where you're just like, you know, full of lactic acid and like pushing through, like that's, what's going to make you faster. And so you have to realize like, okay, if I want to do everything that to make me faster, like I'm just going to like put myself out there. And like, like my last 5k was like not great. And like, I wasn't like, very proud of it but I'm like I was happy about it you know because I was like sweet that's gonna make me faster next (laughs) that's so refreshing are we taking notes listeners that's so awesome I love it so much um okay so I'm just dying to know if they're gonna change up this heat thing because when I asked you like what's your race plan you were probably thinking well that really changes depends yeah Yeah. (laughs) totally yeah I mean when are they gonna tell you no idea. I mean, I emailed them. I'll look for an email right now, but <laughs> I guarantee I don't have one. <laughs> um. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, your triathlon and obstacle racing situation before the marathoning, because um, let's see, your debut marathon was CIM, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the 231? That was a 231, yep. Okay, and then you go to grandma's. You win grandma's, we should add, mm-hmm. 228.06. Somewhere in there, though, you were training for an Ironman. So tell us about that story. Uh, <laughs> um, so the reason I signed up for CIM was because I was going to get back into triathlon, which, which I, like, retired um, around 2000, maybe, like, 15 or 16. But I was like you know what, like, I think I'd be good, because I never tried an Ironman. And I was like, I think I'd be really good at an Ironman distance. So like, let's get back into this. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna sign up for a marathon first, um, while while I train for this. And then I ended up doing really well at the marathon and totally like automatically, like, in the middle of my race was like, well, I'm not gonna do the Ironman. 
<laughs> Put my eggs in this basket. Yeah. I'm like, great. I don't have to like invest in a thousand trillion dollar bike oh my and go on 20 hour bike rides. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to compete with, with the top dogs, you got to have all the, all the things, all the expensive yeah. things. Okay. But yes, you retired in 2015. Tell us about your triathlon career then. Cause I know when you graduated school, you're a little burnt out with running. And so you decided to dabble in triathlon. Um, yeah, I think like my dad was like, Hey, why don't you try triathlon? Um, and I was like, and that like re-inspired me and kind of reignited a flame. And I loved it. I absolutely love triathlon. I love training for it. I loved the cycling. I really had to work on the swim because I had never really swam before. Um, but I was, I was okay, but I was not okay in the open water. Mm. So that's like a whole new skill you have to have is like open water swim. You know, the feel of the water is completely different. So it was good. It was fun while it lasted. And then, you know, when I was in my mid twenties, I was like, living with my mom because I didn't have money. I mean, I was working at the running store and like doing some swim lessons um, and coaching a little bit, but like nothing enough to like support my triathlon and my life. So I was living with my mom and finally I was like, it wasn't fun anymore. And um, so I decided to like move on. (laughs) And then where does the obstacle racing play in? Okay. And the obstacle racing plays in (laughs) after that. Yeah. After that, I, um, all my friends, all my best friends are obstacle course racers. And my best friend, Nicole Miracle, is like the world's best obstacle course course racer, arguably. Um, And so she would like go race on the weekend and come home with like these like big, like $12,000 checks. Oh, wow. and (laughs) And so she was just like, you know bringing in the money and you know I'm like a very I'm like a stronger runner so you know people constantly tell me like I think you'd be great at obstacle horse racing so finally I was like okay I'll might as well give this a go you know I'll, I'll try it out I did a little bit of um like specific work you know I hung like a ladder in my gym to do monkey bars on I I put a rope in my gym to practice like rope climbing and I only did like maybe a handful of races. Um, and like the first one I did really well on, I beat my best friend who, you know, is very good. So I was like, all right, this is good, you know? And then like the next one, like it was like wet. We were running through like five feet of mud. And so it was like, took away the running portion of it. And it was like mainly just like, mm. you have to be good at the obstacle portion um on wet stuff so you had a really good grip strength and you know I don't that's not my forte and I got injured that race and then I did well at the marathon so I was like okay I need to like give that a break (laughs) oh my gosh yeah it's like they took they take away your your biggest strength which is like the running hard I was thinking about that though when you were saying that you kind of have to roll with the punches like with running how they're going to throw in that second heat for the 10k and you were talking about triathlon like they just get rid of the swim it's like that's so frustrating when they get rid of what your strength is yeah and I mean that's the thing with it like you like that's why runners have like gone in recently or like in the past and been like oh I'm gonna dominate this Uh like not really done too well so you know if 
it's just like I think it's you know the perspective and like being through all these things where you realize like okay like you can't complain you just gotta go with it is a good thing (laughs) okay so if you had to like put your your athletic career into chapters what Mm -hmm. chapter are you in and how many chapters have you been through um I mean I guess I would say like my my high school chapter college I went to NAU um had like moments of like success but nothing crazy and then I'd say triathlon and then I'd say like retired triathlete that's just like doing everything for fun and then I'd say like my running now and I'm I'm hoping this will last like you know I hope like like the women that are doing it into their early th- 40s like I am I'm like planning on that and I think because I started like my marathon late like I think I'll have the next 10 years to um to do well at it you know I think it's like a five-year build to get to like your peak and then like you compete at that level basically oh that's so good I love that um I made that question up on the spot. But <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, this must be a regular question. No, she asks everyone. <laughs> no, I've never, I've never asked that question, but I, I just, I think you have more chapters though, because you had that like mm-hmm. triathlon experience and I don't know, it just seems a little bit more broken up. And I wonder if you're so invigorated because of that break, you know, like somebody mm-hmm. else that's 33 that, you know, has been running competitively throughout this whole time you go through burnout up and down and you kind of, you're, you're fresh. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. And I think I am, I think I am more mature than Mm. say like a 23 year old who starts their marathon career right after college. Like I think I'm able to think about things more logically. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm able to like be mature about my training and my future Um, whereas I think like, say you start when you're 23 and you don't really have that, you know, prefrontal cortex strength (laughs) where, you know, you can like levelly train and like do a mix of like listening to your coach, but listening to your body. So I think like we all have basically a timeline, you know, like maybe 10 years of like being at our top and racing or whatever as a marathoner and mine's just like shifted a little bit to the right. Oh, that's such a good way to think of it. Hey, friends, another quick break here to thank Gooder for supporting this episode of the podcast. Gooder has the most fashionable, functional, and durable sunglasses on the market for the active person in your life. My favorite sunglasses they have are the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me Shades. They are an aviator style sunglass, and I love them so much but I also wear the runway style sometimes and I always get compliments on those. And then of course, if I'm doing something super fun like a race or something like that, I'm gonna wanna wear a fun, bright, and loud color. And they have all sorts of options for that as well. I always say this is a great gift to give a runner friend in your life as well because it's super affordable and it's also super fun. You all can save when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another15 for 15% off your order. That's gooder.com slash another and use the code another15. That's another one five for 15% off your order. 
All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Nell. Okay. So would you say grandmas in 2019 when you ran that 228? I mean, debuting in 231 is super Mm -hmm. legit. But was the 228 at grandmas and the win um, awakening moment for you? Like, wow, I got something here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know what was going on at CIM. Like, I didn't, I honestly didn't know what a good marathon time was. I didn't know what a good marathon like pace was. I was just like doing my thing, finished, and like people were like, "Wow, you did really good!" And I was like, "Really? Okay, cool." And then so for grandmas, like to go in and you know win that and like run a good time. Yeah, I was like, that was when it was like, okay, like I think I can get more serious about this. Before grandmas, though, you won Boulder to Boulder ten k. 3432. Talk about that moment. I know that's special because it was 40 years after your dad won the race. Um, yeah. So Boulder Boulder was like, I mean, if you're you're from Boulder or even Colorado, like it's like basically basically like the Olympics of Boulder. Like it's a huge deal. Um, it's a party, it's like really well known. Um, I think everyone in town has a Boulder Boulder shirt and like, you know, everyone's always wearing them. And, um, so my dad won the first one and I grew up being really, really proud of that. Like Mm. that was like, that was like my, like, I tell people that, you know, well, my dad won the first Boulder Boulder, you know? Um, (laughs) and I had no idea I was, I was telling like, you know, Drew Scott, whose dad <laughs> won seven Ironman championships. You know, I that didn't even matter. Like, the Boulder Boulder was, like, a bigger deal, you know? Like, there was uh, like Taylor Finney, like, oh, who cares? Like, my dad won the Boulder Boulder. Like, <laughs> you know, there were bigger people. We'll put it that way. Um, but not in Boulder. So, um, like, growing up, my dream was always to win the Boulder Boulder. You know, I kind of lost sight of that as you, like, grow older and you realize, like, oh, like yeah that would be really hard um (laughs) but but a couple years ago I was like on a roll right and when you get on a roll on anything like nothing can stop you um and it's you know it has to be this, this mental thing and it it turns into a physical thing because you know you see it happen all the time people start winning things and then they get this confidence and like they'll keep going, you know? So that was like the year I wasn't planning on doing it. I actually signed up like the day of, but I was like, gotta do it, gotta do it. And then, um, yeah, just went for it. Um, a girl passed me 300 meters to go and I had no idea she was going to, I thought I was like miles ahead of everyone. Mm. And so my stomach dropped and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to like win this next year. And then I was like, no, 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 no. This like, you have to do this now. You might never get this opportunity. Um, And so I like kicked it in and I beat her by like 0.15 seconds or something, Um, which was like a good way to win, you know, because I really had to like dig deep to do it. So, and yeah, that was really important to me just because my dad worked so hard for me as my coach and um, my father and my mentor. So um, that was that was, that was special. I mean, way more exciting of a win too. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, mean, the pictures are great. <laughs> in that moment, you're probably like, Shit, 
I don't want to deal with this, but yeah, isn't that crazy what your mind is able to do? Like the fact that you were like, I'll win it next year, but then within probably like less than a second, you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. Like I had a full conversation in my head in a split second. Yes. Yeah, split second. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For sure. Um, I was just talking to my husband about this on our Patreon, on a Patreon episode that we were doing in um, I won't name the runner, but a male runner who is, um, you know, had some success. My husband was saying, oh, he's in his head now. He's, you know, whatever. And I, so when, as you're talking, I'm thinking, how do you not get in your head? Like you have the success. So like you were saying, you're on a roll, but uh-huh. then how do you get to the place where you're like, but you're not in your head, like thinking you're a big deal or just like assuming you're going to do well. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I think to be in that position, you know, you'd have to be like one of the best in the world or like, I guess in your category. So like in NCAAs, like you'd have to be like, cause I don't know, because there's always someone better Yeah, and you never know what's going to happen and you never know what, what's going to happen to you. So it's like to have that, like, mentality is hard like I take every single workout um like I don't take anything for granted we'll put it that way like you have to like really stay humble and grounded and like for me it's easy because every day at the track I see people who are better than me so I'm you know I can barely win a local race (laughs) so it's easy for me and like I think the people who aren't you know who do get into their head maybe like under don't understand that like you know you're you're just a runner (laughs) you're just a runner I love it well it's crazy that you like you might not win a local race I mean being in Boulder it's just wild animals out there running yeah just everywhere man everywhere but you've lived in Boulder your whole life um I have except for college and then I left for Europe for a couple years after college and then I came back yeah is it wild though? Because you've seen that, um, like the progression of like what it's turned into. I mean, I know Boulder's always been kind of like a runner's mecca, but like I feel like mm-hmm. now more than ever, it's just everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's either, I mean, it's really either like Boulder or Flagstaff. Um, yeah, it's insane. Like I'm, I think Flagstaff is like also insane right now. But yeah, Boulder, it's pretty cool. I mean, you can go to the track and you're like oh, there's like five Olympians here and like it it does keep you humble, but it's also exciting and motivating. Yeah. Okay. So last thoughts on, on the trials. Do we have any, like your one, what, let's see, we are seven, eight, nine, 10 days out. So will you got, you have one more workout left? Um, I have a workout on Friday and then I'll do one light workout next week. Yeah. Do you share those details or are you a a person that keeps workouts close to the vest? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the funny thing is, is I I haven't looked at the workouts. (laughs) Does your dad give them to you? Like I was just talking to um, Josette Norris and she was saying that they warm up and her coach doesn't even tell her the workout until after they've warmed up. Oh, no, 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 no. I have (laughs) right. No, no, no. I have, uh, like this thing right here and then I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. There's six weeks of workouts. Oh, you know them. A progression. Yes, I know them. And just when I choose to 
to look at it. Oh, and I did know. I just forgot. I have like a race sim <laughs> this Friday. So it, it'll be, um, let's see, it'll be three miles and it's a hard first mile, cruise second mile, hard third mile. Okay. Um, so it'll be like, hopefully I'll go sub five for the first and last mile. And then the, the, it'll probably be around 540 for the middle mile. Okay. And then what about next week's? On, on Tuesday or on, let's see, it looks like on Tuesday, I have a 1600 meter tempo and then eight by 400. Okay. Love it. When do you actually go to Hayward Field? Like when are you heading out there? Uh, On Thursday. Okay. Yeah. And I just had to switch my flight because you have to get a COVID test before you go. And when you get there and my flight came in after I needed to get the COVID test when you get there, because I didn't read the textbook on um, the trials. So I was like, oh, shoot. So I just had to change my flight. But oh, man, are you excited to race on the new Hayward? I am. It looks awesome. I'm <laughs> it, it's like that does make me nervous, but I'm excited. Like thinking about the track and the stadium. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Oof, OK, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome. OK, so and you mentioned earlier, like everything's kind of been like you didn't say this. I'm saying this. It sounds like things haven't been communicated super well. So like who do you, are you bringing your dad? Like how many people do you get to bring? Do you have tickets? Oh, so I mean, you can bring a coach, a medical person, and like an agent. So you can bring three, they have to be credentialed. So I'm bringing just my dad as my coach. And then you get you get six tickets. So we got like a code, but like that opened the same day that like normal people could buy six tickets or tickets. So it's like, I don't know why we even got the code because we had to stay in line on the computer for three hours anyways, (laughs) and like got the same. So like we get six tickets, but like, I don't really Other know. people could have got the tickets too, it sounds like. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, so um, I have my my brother, my dad, my mom, and my best friend and my boyfriend are going. Oh, okay, nice. Is this your best friend obstacle racer? No, she just tore her ACL. So she's, uh, she's on the couch. Okay. <laughs> Different best friend. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's wrap up here with some end of the podcast questions. I'm so excited for you to go toe that line and put yourself in the game. Thank you. <laughs> What's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you have not done yet? Um, I would like to make an Olympic team. Um, and I would like to podium at a major marathon. Nice. Maybe this fall. Maybe this fall. That's the goal. Do you know when you get to announce the marathon you're doing? No. <laughs> oh, I'm dying to know. I hope it's New York. I won't read your facial expression. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned like not even noticing the hills in Atlanta. And, you know, people talk about New York being hilly, though I ran it and it wasn't nearly as hilly as I thought it was going to be. So it tells me you okay. would do really great on it. On New York, I would, it's not, it's actually not New York, but New York, I'm like, I really want to do, um, but no, it's not New York. Okay. Okay. Well, we can just roll it out right there. Yeah. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Um, I'm reading Peak Performance by Steve Magnus right now. Okay. Um, and I actually really like it. I think it, it has like really good, I like Steve Magnus and, um, it has really good tricks and tips on just like on on and on any performance, like work um, if you're like a businessman or whatever you want to do. Okay, so if you could have coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? 
Um, I think like right now, I would probably say um, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Okay, because um, I like in, if if I could do anything, I would be in Broadway and I would sing and I would dance. I can't do either of those, but like that's the dream job. And like I just am so in love with his work and inspired by his like creativity and talent. So. Oh, I love that. I've, I've definitely had that answer in the past, but I don't think recently. So I love it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's your last message you want to leave with the audience today? Oh, um, oh man, I would say don't let fear of failing, like stop you from doing something and, and be excited to, uh, to fail. And that will help your, if you're excited to fail, that's going to help your stress levels go down (laughs) and open up room to do things that will help you improve. So good. You guys didn't even know while she was saying this big, beautiful message to you (laughs) that she was probably super distracted by my children climbing in and out of the video. It helped. Oh, good. Um, Well, I'm super excited for you, Nell, and just really appreciate your time and best of luck next week. Thank you. Okay. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Have a great rest yeah. of your day. All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Nell, for coming on the podcast. You all can find Nell on Instagram. She is Nell underscore Rojas underscore running over there. You can find me on Instagram. I am lindsayhine 626 And you can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine as well as Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a wonderful group as well. We connect with each other over there. And if you're looking for more content for me, I do have a Patreon page where we put episodes out almost weekly over there. Patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. If you are a parent or someone helping raise kids in any way, shape or form, I have a parenting podcast called Why Is Everyone Yelling Over There? Okay. Thanks so much for being here today. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we will see you next Friday.